1: What's going on, guys, and welcome back to Watch Time, as today we return with a bunch of drama happening in the community. We've also got some very spicy Blizzard, Activision, Bobby Kotick things that have been going down. And then Grace has got a third, slightly more off-normal killer. Yeah, we're going to be talking about
0: Taylor Swift, who released her re-recording of Red this week and the Scooter Braun drama and what that means for the entertainment industry and contracts like that in general. But... First, Elliot, how's your week been?
1: My week's been good. Fortnite is actually being kind of fun.
0: I've heard. I've been work- working downstairs in Elliot's house today. And for the last 30 minutes, I've just been hearing him like yelling with Ozzy, which I feel like is a good indication of like you're enjoying yourself. Yeah,
1: no, Ozzy and I actually haven't done many duos, but we both said after we're like, we definitely need to do more.
0: I rate Ozzy so highly. I mean, I think we said this last week how he was like my big
1: This is now like, the about. the Ozzy Antics fan podcast
0: yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) otherwise good getting content done it's the dream how was your week
0: good week's been good honestly I'm ready for a break. I was going to say you're I'm drained. ready. Like, I'm pretty drained, to be honest. I haven't taken a holiday in a really long time. It's been a big year. I'm slammed with work. And I'm just ready to take two weeks off and, like, hang out, play some tennis, read some books, drink an Aperol spritz at 2.30 p.m. every day. And that's, like, my perfect idea of, like, two weeks off.
1: Well, if you're feeling a little bit stressed with work and if you feel like your workload's high, have you considered plagiarizing everything you do? <laughs> how was that? That was a good segue, right? That reduces workload.
0: Guys, we need to have some like votes in the comments for the people watching on YouTube. I'm on, like, definitely
1: the segue king.
0: How good Elliot segues are Thank you. I think week. we
1: need a top 10 segues video.
0: If you didn't pick up on what Elliot was putting down with that segue, which, you know, hard to, hard to believe how you couldn't because it was so smooth. It was announced over the last couple of days that Twitch is partnering with Streamlabs who are a big provider for creators in- the streaming gaming space, um, that they were going to be partnering with them in a more formal capacity to help people that are streaming from Xbox onto Twitch. The details of that don't matter too much because what was really important was the fact that when this news broke, another platform, a similar platform called Lightstream, made a tweet basically saying that Streamlabs should be ashamed of themselves and accusing them of plagiarizing their entire website, basically, and the services that they yeah, were offering. but
1: like not just normal plagiarize, basically took a screenshot and pasted it on. So effectively, the new service that Twitch was working with Streamlabs to provide was to create higher quality streams for people who are streaming off of their console. So they don't need to run it through a computer if they want to have notifications and other things pop up. Now, this is literally the exact product that Lightstream, this different competitor, was already providing. And when Streamlabs went to create an identical product to their platform, instead of actually starting from the ground up, they effectively copied it in every single way, literally down to the website that talks about how the product works. Every title was the same. They had quotes from apparent users of the product the user quotes were identical they were not real they'd just been copied
0: yeah guys i gotta say it was bad it was Um, really bad like i was looking for this to be a little bit of like an inflated story and i was like oh come on like they're similar services similar websites but no No,
1: identical it's actually i would say the most shocking level of plagiarism i have ever seen to the point
0: where it was like your streamlabs You're not like an insignificant small business. Like, did you not think no one was gonna notice?
1: So here's the thing. So Streamlabs actually came out and then they said, oh, sorry guys, this was just placeholder text that was here (laughs) pre-release and was meant to be changed. We've since corrected the error. Here's where (laughs) I, a lot of people are like, that's bull crap, you just made a quick change. But I actually think that that's kind of irrelevant because regardless of if the text is the same, you copied their website layout yeah. and their headline titles and every other element of the website. So even if you change the text, you still plagiarize their entire site yeah. with no
0: creativity. Also, uh, what? Someone forgot to update the website before you just had a massive PR announcement? Like, yeah. kind of, Very... I'm not quite sure about that one, boss. Yeah.
1: Now, off the back of this, Streamlabs then had a bunch of other people come out and accuse them of similar instances of of not really doing their own thing and creating their own Cutting corners. OBS, open broadcast software, is probably the main software that most streamers and content creators have used for literally the last probably decade, uh, maybe not quite a decade, probably the last six years for recording and live streaming. Right now, you are hearing our voice and seeing us on video recorded through OBS. Streamlabs initially was just a website that was effectively like a payment processor and allowed you to have alerts pop up on your stream to kind of notify when people donated. They then launched effectively their own product that combined OBS and Streamlabs into one single product that integrated everything all at once that was called Streamlabs OBS. Now, what OBS came out and actually said today was when Streamlabs launched this product, they came to OBS and said, hey, can we use your name in our product? And OBS said, nah, we'd really prefer if you didn't. And Streamlabs said, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're gonna do it anyway. And then they launched Streamlabs OBS and the cherry on top was file a trademark over the name, which would potentially jeopardize the original product's ability to maintain their name. So long story short, this has been a complete PR nightmare for Streamlabs. They've, They've come out and due to public pressure, They've said they're gonna remove OBS from their name. They've you know, obviously changed the website in terms of not plagiarizing the other company as well. I would normally say Streamlabs has had a very favorable community perception up till now. They don't really have controversies. Effectively no. all they do is they enable people to get donations in a cool way. So generally they're liked in the flick of a switch. Everyone, yeah. even people like Pokimane who are partnered with Streamlabs and financially uh, benefit from them and their faces on the Streamlabs yeah. website have come out and said, if they don't rectify this right now, I'm going to end everything with Streamlabs yeah. and request they remove my face from the website.
0: To be frank, it doesn't look great for Streamlabs. I think anyone could look at that plagiarism and those two screenshots and objectively say, something is not adding up here. Yeah, But I also think I, I don't love, in general, how much of a court of a public opinion there can be on Twitter over things and how fast people can be to switch up on things when, to be frank, we don't necessarily know the whole oh, truth here. I think I, we do. Oh, <laughs> I think I, we do. I think a court of public opinion can be really, really dangerous. Maybe in this instance it's justified, but I think in general it is, like, shocking and scary sometimes how fast people can just jump on a bandwagon and how fast people are looking for a controversy
1: yeah so my takeaway is this I, I do think uh that you're right court of public opinion can be scary I do also think in this instance
0: you're wrong. it's pretty <laughs> it,
1: it's pretty you can't accidentally copy an entire website and be like oh sorry no. we didn't mean to do it when you're also copying their product um and then on top of that Uh, You've also had a lot of people since then who actually worked at Streamlabs raise issues around the level of plagiarism that they were doing and and come out and be like, I raised it and I was reprimanded or fired.
0: Yeah, I think it's also really interesting to consider that with a lot of these gaming companies, and this is clearly happening a lot, there are a lot of these companies that have gone from like zero to 100 so quick. And they've started as like these little startups, maybe six years ago or something, which is really in the scheme of things is not very long. They've gone from like nothing to suddenly being a really important service in this really rapidly growing ecosystem. And they just are not equipped to handle suddenly the weight of what they've taken on in many ways. It's really interesting and we'll get into it in our next topic. But I do think like that's worth considering as well.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think anyone should be like necessarily personally attacked over this. Like I think it would cross the line if people were going after like an individual. Mm. But I do think people are more than in their rights to say, hey, I disagree with your business practices in general. And if you're not able to move... Fast and also move ethically, then maybe move a little bit slower.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Which,
1: which is a fair enough line to draw. I, yeah. I do think though there is definitely an element of people, like creators especially, people with followings. They do love whether or not they actually do super care about the issue. Love to really jump on a Band on wagon. a bandwagon quite quickly and be like, oh yes, I also think this is awful. I do think this is a pretty egregious error. And honestly, I think that. You know, my question is going to be, is this either A, going to see the potential fall off of Streamlabs in any way at all, Mm. or will it just be internet is grumpy for a week and then forgets about it by Monday? Yeah,
0: the internet does move fast. Do you think Twitch will address this at all? Or does Twitch even care?
1: I don't. I don't think Twitch is going to address it. I think Twitch is just going to, they made the announcement, they're now just going to be like, you need to damage control. We're staying back. I effectively think that they will rebrand from the OBS factor. I think they'll apologize and change the website. And I think that by Monday, no one will remember this happened.
0: Amazing, guys, hold us to it. If
1: you look at whenever people get angry at platforms, people always love to just talk big words about, oh, how angry they are and how much they're definitely going to change their consumer practices. Yeah. No one ever does. Like when YouTube was doing the apocalypse back in the day, True. and creators were angry, I was reading like Reddit and Twitter, and everyone was like, "Yeah, let's let's change. We need a new platform. We're yeah. gonna go to we're gonna go to Vimeo." Dude, like, when, Twitch, not to Vimeo. when Twitch, when
0: <laughs> all the streamers last year. Was like really inconsistent in the way that they were treating um, breaches of like the terms of service and that sort of thing. People were like, this is really bad. Like, let's boycott Twitch. Ain't nobody boycotting.
1: People talk a big game. People aren't going to do anything.
0: But do you think people would boycott a publisher?
1: Oh, good How Segway. That was segue. I think, I think mine was better. Okay, I'll personally okay. rate my segue better that because that was
0: so smooth you didn't even realize it was a segue. Yeah, I did. Story. I was
1: confused for a second, <laughs> yeah. it, which could lower its score as a segue. Oh. Next up, Activision, Bobby Kotick. Basically, there Back has been the a bunch of more kind of walkouts for employees, a lot more people speaking out, a few more revelations around, uh, you know, kind of goings on and the fact that there were internal investigations yeah. had where a lot of women raised concerns about uh, in the workplace. Um, and then also the very apparent clear statement from... The high end of the company that Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO of Blizzard Activision, apparently, which I think is important to state, unsubstantiated claims Mm. that have been made against him.
0: This is really interesting to me. Um, Obviously, this is not the first time that we've heard about a really toxic culture at Blizzard in the last couple months. It feels like there was a heap of kind of revelation and news about this back then. And I think it's always interesting when those initial stories come out because it's hard to know at the time, like how deep that runs, how many people knew, or has some great journalist just been able to piece all these pieces together. Liz is obviously a big company where they're like little things happening at different levels, but there was no sort of systemic issue there that anyone had picked up on beforehand. Um, but I think what is an issue about this news that has come out now is that it seems as though it was a systemic issue at the company. There were a lot of people that knew about it. And there were people at the top, top levels of leadership that also knew about it.
1: I think what's so hard for me looking at the whole situation is the degree to which Blizzard as a company and kind of my opinion of the company. And also just like, I would say the community's opinion has... It's it's hard to even describe it as a nosedive. It's almost like a, an Im, a rapid nosedive implosion from Overwatch, which was effectively their last big successful kind of release that everyone was really happy about. To where they are now in the space of four to five years is insane. They're being met yeah. with... They've just announced again that Overwatch 2 has been delayed, that so their actual game development cycle is messed Shaka. up. Diablo uh, has been delayed as well. The only one really that's going to be coming out is the mobile version, which is another huge L for them. Hearthstone's lost a lot of traction. World of Warcraft has lost a lot of traction. They've got more competitors coming out. Really, they are just getting hit from every single side.
0: But you know what? I see more about... Activision and the news happening at that company in the mainstream news than I do in the Twitter sphere. And when you compare that to like a Streamlabs this morning, where I feel like it was all over Twitter, it was very much part of like the social commentary in the community this week. I feel like the news at overwatch is less so and i don't know if that's something to do with the fact that activision is now a publicly listed company and it's almost like they feel too big to have those personal attacks but it's almost like stream and this twitch community it feels mm. still very like grassroots it feels like people feel like they can they touch can it. have an opinion they yeah. can touch it whereas it almost feels like now activision is like well who is Bobby Kotick? Like, do we know him? He doesn't have the ability to change the website, does he? Like, it almost feels yeah. like they're kind of distance, an interesting intersection, because I think for Bobby Kotick and I, and I think for Activision, they're a publicly listed company. If it comes out that their CEO knew that there were widespread allegations of that is a problem for them. I think he can't stay. If that is the case, if it comes out that those claims are substantiated and he knew there is going to be an overwhelming amount of pressure on him to step down, that is not going to be good for their share price. I don't. I mean, I don't think any of this is going to be good for their share no. price. I haven't <laughs> looked at it. But it's just interesting how you contrast those first two stories where it's like the first one, it did feel like there was a court of public opinion here. With Activision, it seems like there's less... Of a court of public opinion, and people are just like, "Oh, this company is just not what we thought it was four years ago." Yeah, do you know what I mean? Am I, I feel like I'm not yeah. It's almost more. It's a, right. it's a
1: no, no, no. I know what you mean. It's like the general sentiment is sad. Everyone's kind of like, I'm let down. I don't love the company like I once did. Yeah. But there's not as much intense anger because it's almost like it's too big. You can't pick a target.
0: That's actually really interesting coming from you because five years or so ago, you actually had a super personal relationship with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. You'd been there. You'd been to the campus. You knew people. You'd call them by their name. Like well, You I- had a very like hands-on It felt like a touchable thing for you, whereas I feel like the way you talk about it now, it isn't like that.
1: Well, I I think it's a general sadness, but I was actually thinking about this, that exact comment you made earlier today, which is I think it's super important to distinguish between the problems that have happened at Blizzard and the people who are responsible for them is such a small subset. Like, for Mm. example, there are still so many people who actively work at Absolutely. Blizzard that I would absolutely love and love to have a drink with. In my mind, it's been really important to separate the individuals that I know from the fact that the entire ecosystem has really taken a yeah. big hit. And I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just kind of disappointment and just kind of being like, oh, you guys, you were kicking so many goals. You're releasing Overwatch. You were you wanted re-
0: the- It's that time of the year to be a, a grassroots success yes. story.
1: Yes. I wanted them to keep going. I wanted them to keep kicking goals. You wanted
0: goals. them to be like, oh, I remember I was with them. I went and visited their campus in like 2013 or whatever. Yeah. And now look at them like a big publicly listed company. They're kicking goals. They're amazing. Like yeah. I remember when I like had a I wa- small part I wanted you to succeed. Yeah. And you let me down.
1: And literally. But- <laughs>
0: What's that quote? We all wanted you to win. <laughs>
1: yeah, literally. Like, but but that's actually how it feels. I feel like yeah. Blizzard was this company that uh, not only were they succeeding, but they were consistently succeeding. Yeah. And they were like, they were consistently kicking goals. They were releasing good titles. They were on such a hot streak with like Hearthstone that was printing money money, Overwatch that was winning every single game award, and they were doing it all while being a very popular, liked, ethical company. But that all kind of fell apart.
0: So what do you think is going to happen to them?
1: There's a lot of people that companies are willing to throw under the bus in the time of a crisis. There are the lowly account managers who, if they've got a controversy, they say they almost like hold them up as a a sacrificial example. They say, see, someone did something bad, they're out. But the one person who no one is willing to really go to them and say hey you need to go is the guy at the very very top
0: i actually disagree i think when you're a publicly listed company your ceo can't be the reason that your stock price is taking a tumble
1: the problem is though most the most of the active accusations are vague or like vague or unsubstantiated enough right. that he can't be like pinned
0: if they become any more substantiated he is going to face an overwhelming amount of pressure
1: yeah. What's your
0: perception of him? Is he well regarded?
1: I think I think it's it's different questions, right? I think I'm sure shareholders really like him because yeah. he's very <laughs> financially driven, and that was I think always my. As soon as Blizzard got taken over by Activision, I think my prevailing thought from the start is things are good now. More of the Activision will seep into Blizzard day by day, and which ultimately is you know beyond the um the obviously culture is a culture of making as much money as we can in the short term and not nearly as much of a long term. Yeah. Let's create good products and let them speak for themselves. Yeah. So I think as soon as Activision took over Blizzard, things like Diablo Mobile were not a surprise. Mm. That was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, the mobile market prints more money than the PC market. It makes sense that they would have said, what IP can we realistically transition and gone with that?
0: Yeah, we will see.
1: We will wait and see. And now... I don't have a good segue (laughs) for this. I didn't even try. I was
0: waiting for it. I was like, the ball's in your court. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I don't have anything. But Scooter Braun! Scooter Braun
0: and Taylor Swift. Guys, if you have been on the internet this week, which all of you have, you would know that Taylor Swift released her re-recording of... One of her best albums ever, called Red, this week. This was a massive success with her re-recording of her album. So keep in mind, this is not new music. This music is almost ten years old. Broke the record for the most streamed album in a day on Spotify from a female artist, breaking her own record. She was she already held the record.
1: Best record to date.
0: Yeah, is the one that you already have. Yeah, but. I think that is an incredible feat. Like, considering this is not new music, these songs have been released before. There's a few songs from the vault. I,
1: I disagree. I was fully expecting that. because Really? It's, well, because it's effectively been, like, a three-year PR campaign for this one album. It literally has been... She's,
0: she's released three this year.
1: But this one, this specific album, it's literally been for three years now... I want my music. I can't get my music. I'm going to re-record it and it's going to be better. And it's been a point of public conversation, public debate, everything all the way leading up to this release. I think this release was always going to be insane.
0: Okay. All right. Fair. Good point. What I wanted to talk about today was the fact that this obviously brings up a lot of the story as to why she's re-releasing her music and what were the kind of events that led to that and I'm really keen to get your thoughts on this as well. There is a whole backstory here that I'm kind of keen to get into and get your thoughts and definitely want like you guys listening, watching on YouTube, please leave your comments as well. So, Let's take this back to a 15-year-old Taylor Swift. She's young. She's a nobody. And I mean that she's obviously Taylor Swift. She's a a nice girl, but she's a nobody in the music biz. She signs a record deal with Big Machine Records. They sign her to create six albums. These are really common deals at the time for no-name artists What they'll do is the record label will say, hey, we'll sign you, we'll agree to create all this music with you, produce all your work, put our PR machine behind you, make sure that you're coming up on the right playlist. All the chances of success are being put behind you. In exchange, we own the masters to your music. The masters are important because they're the mastering master recordings of the songs. That's what all copies of the songs are made of. It, it is where a lot of the money in the music lies. Taylor is getting to get her albums out. She's becoming a superstar. Big Machine Records is obviously doing really well off the deal that they signed. These record labels do a lot of these deals. Not all of them work. And the way that these record labels work is that they will sign maybe 10 people in a year with the hopes that one of them becomes a superstar. And they lose money on the other nine. Yeah, they'll lose money on the other nine. That's like the bet that they make. Obviously, Taylor Swift then becomes one of, if not the biggest superstar in the world and arguably wouldn't have been able to become who she is today without Big Machine Records' help at the start. She signed a contract. Her parents signed a contract. She was underage. That happened. Then... Suddenly, a few years later, let's skip ahead a little bit, she's the biggest artist in the world. She decides, I want to own my own music. Big Machine Records is like, well, kind of. That's the deal you signed.
1: (laughs) Still making a lot of money off it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's obviously doing okay. She's Taylor Swift. She learns that Big Machine Records is quietly sort of putting themselves up for sale. Now, when the record label goes up for sale, the masters that they own from the artists that they have are the underlying assets of the company. That is what kind of makes up the value of the company. Now, for Big Machine Records, Taylor is obviously the biggest artist. The masters that they have are the biggest assets on their books. That is what is going to make up a huge amount of the value of the company. Taylor kind of learns that they are potentially planning to sell and she says that she wants to own her own masters. This is where it gets a little muddy on the details. Big Machine Records would say they gave her the option to own her own masters and she didn't take them up on the deal that they offered her. She says the only deal they offered her was basically another deal where it was like sign with us for another 10 years and for every new album you make, you can earn back one of your old albums. The other side of the story is that they were offered to her, that she could buy back her masters, but she couldn't afford them, basically. Yeah. And that's a sad reality. But the fact is that they're an asset of the company. That is the deal that she signed. And they're a company that's, like, kind of up there with a... that There's a value attached to them. And if someone yeah. else is willing to if pay more for if them... If you've got
1: an asset that's worth $100 million and someone says, I want to buy it, but I'll only pay you $50 right. million you'll be like, no, it's worth a hundred. And it's not even like it, it would be a spiteful thing. They're still assets that continue to generate revenue. Of course, Every yes. time someone plays the original version of yes. any of those songs, they earn money.
0: Yes. Taylor says she doesn't want to sign on to that deal with Big Machine Records because she then knew that that would also be another asset that they would just use in the sale and that Big Machine would sell to someone else and she'd be attached to it. Fair enough, her choice, whatever. She goes and signs with Universal, which is, also an interesting thing to note. Taylor is absolutely at the level where she could start her own record label if she wants to. And the fact that she is one of the biggest artists in the world, she has so much public opinion around music and the rights of music and the business of music, and she still chose to sign to a record label, I think does say something about how valuable Record labels still are and the importance of the role that they have to play, even for someone like Taylor. She walks away from Big Machine Records, accepts that they're gonna sell. And they're probably gonna sell with her masters, obviously attached. Scott Porchetta, who is the CEO of Big Machine Records, sells the company. To none other than Scooter Braun, music manager extraordinaire of Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Kanye West, etc. Now, anyone that knows anything knows that Taylor has some beef with Scooter, mostly because of the talent that he manages. Her best friend used to date Justin Justin cheated on her, whatever. Kanye did the whole, like, I'ma let you finish thing in 2009. Taylor doesn't like Scooter. What's and the line in the
1: Kanye song? I made her famous. I made fam- that bitch yeah, famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, that yeah. There's, there's
0: some beef there. Anyway, Big Machine is bought by Scooter. Taylor then comes out, she's angry. She's seeing red. Sorry. She comes out, does this whole blog post being like, I accepted that Big Machine was going to sell, but I had no idea they were going to sell to Scooter Braun. This is my worst nightmare. This is the worst thing ever. How could this happen? I hate Scooter Braun. Pretty crazy thing to do because she knows how powerful her audience is and how, you know, those Swifties will like jump on anyone. I also think it's extremely important to note that Taylor's dad is on the board of Big Machine Records. He made out like a bandit from this sale to Scooter Braun. And Wait, did he to own it or was he... He, Yeah, he had equity in right. the company. Now, to suggest that she had no idea that this sale was going to happen is kind of like saying climate change doesn't exist. Y- yes, you did know it was going to happen. It is extremely unlikely that she had no idea and was blindsided by this. So then she comes out and has this whole public campaign against Scooter Braun. My thing is... Why is everyone mad at Scooter for just doing I mean, s- doing some M and A, like I mean, I don't for get just it buying a company? Like to me, I think why is no one talking about Scott, like the CEO of Big Machine? Like maybe she should be a little more angry at him. But I'm not quite sure what Scooter actually did wrong by making a business decision to buy another company. Like. To be honest, in my mind, he's well within his rights to do that. That's not a bad thing to do. And
1: with every sentence, Grace says, I feel the dislike ratio on this video grow and the comment section grow ever longer. I'm ready.
0: I'm ready for some opinions. No, no,
1: no. Yeah, I I actually, I would, I would actually love to. And
0: I say this as, of course, I like Scooter Braun. I'm a Scooter Braun fangirl. We all know this. I still like Taylor Swift. I was listening to Red on the way here. Damn right, the original version. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm um, listening to Taylor's version. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, Okay. I mean, like, look. I, I think at the end of the day, uh, you you see this. You see this a lot. You see. I think it's a combination of of two things. It's number one. It's that classic thing we've talked about it a hundred times before. Yeah. People will enter into a situation or an agreement that works for them at the time, and they end up growing beyond it, and then they get angry that they're in that situation even though it has worked really well for them in the past and they potentially wouldn't be where they are today if they didn't have that agreement um but then i think you know you've also got the other part of it which is just at the end of the day when you take the emotion out of it these are like the music is effectively just it's an asset it's an asset that is owned by a company and that company spent money to make like in all likelihood, those songs wouldn't exist if Big Machine hadn't picked Taylor up and invested the money to actually develop them.
0: And I think it's all very well for Taylor to be like, oh, this is my art, and the only person that knows the music really is the artist, and like... This is a, you know. (laughs)
1: Everyone's like, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Millions of dollars. I
0: should be able to own my own art and own my own music and that sort of thing. But I'm sorry. Like to me, it's a little naive.
1: Let's say I have a car and I sell that car to you and then you go and sell that car to someone else. Mm. I can't then go to that other person and be like, yo, give it mine. I want it back. That other person might be like, look, I'll I'll give you the car, but I want money for it. Yeah. But I can't just be like, oh, no, but it was mine first. So I feel entitled. Yeah, yeah. I feel entitled to it. And And I do. Like, I think music is a very emotionally charged thing. And obviously, when you've got fans like musicians have, it becomes even more emotionally charged. But at the end of the day, it's an asset. I am sure if Taylor went and offered an amount of money that yeah. the asset is genuinely worth they would probably sell of because course. at the end of the day people are just business people but yeah. you can't make an emotional plea and and try and say I want this extremely valuable thing for less than it's worth because I made it which yeah. because at the end of the day you've had hundreds of people work you've had hundreds of people work in the marketing for it in the production of it in building that company from the ground up in selling it and buying it Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm fully I'm actually fully in your ballpark on it. And I do think this is just another example of how again, and I'm sure I've had this happen in my favorite times, and then I'm sure so many creators have had it happen in either for or against. Mm. If you're a fan of someone, man, a lot of the time, all logical thought, out the door. It's just straight up. And I've spoken to some
0: Swifties, and no one can quite explain to me why what Scooter did was bad. I'm like what should Scooter have done separately? Should so, he have said, I'm not going to buy this company that's for sale because I want to make sure that Taylor's okay with it first? Like, to me, that onus is kind of on the seller. The yeah. only
1: situation where I could see Scooter being slightly in the wrong, let's say that the the value of those of those songs, of the masters of those songs, has been independently, let's say, said that it's worth $100 million right that's that is genuinely what they're valued at no reasonable person would say they're worth more yeah. if scooter bought the company taylor then approached and said i would like my masters back i'm going to offer you 100 or even 120 million dollars for them and scooter said <laughs> no just cuz it messes with her like yeah. that would be oh. the only that would be the only instance where i think it's like okay that's like a personal just you being a bad person just to mess with someone but from all the facts that i think we've heard that isn't the case
0: yeah yeah.
1: I and and I don't and I don't think that was the case. And if that is, then I think the complaints are more justified. I don't believe that is what happened.
0: What I do think is interesting is what this is changing for record labels. And obviously most contracts with record labels and artists have time periods so that artists can't do what Taylor is doing and just go and re-record their music because obviously it really undermines the value of the contract for the record label. It's really interesting, I think, that Universal, which is actually the record label that Taylor has now been signed to, and they have since changed their contracts for new artists that extend the period of time that artists are not allowed to re-record their music. I
1: was actually going to say, I was amazed she was allowed to re-record. That was actually my biggest surprise takeaway. There was was a period of
0: time attached to it, and that period of time has now doubled. And for any new artists wanting to sign to Universal, it'll be about 14 years.
1: Shocking, because I I genuinely thought the contracts would just say, we own the masters, we own the lyric, we own that creative asset.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting for sure. But, um, mm,
1: very interesting.
0: Anyway, do let us know what you think. I, I, Which
1: I am I, sure many people are already doing.
0: <laughs> please, like I, I genuinely like I'm not. And I like Taylor Swift. I, I love listening to her music. I think she's an amazing artist, an amazing lyricist. I think she's done incredible things for the music industry in many ways. I think this topic is a bit more nuanced than Scooter Braun's a bad person. So. Yeah, it's a
1: bit emotionally charged.
0: That about wraps us up for this week, guys.
1: Thanks for watching.